0: welcome to the simply resilient podcast episode number 84 resentment my name is jesse ellertson and i am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you this podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process if you are ready to thrive while your husband is away then you are in the right place hello everyone it has been a minute since i have been on the podcast I typically publish an episode every week, but this summer I intentionally only did just a few here and there and I was really excited and ready to get back into my normal swing of things when school kicked back in and just excited to start publishing a weekly episode again and really just hit the ground running and a couple of days before school started I hurt my back and have been struggling with that ever since. It's getting a little bit better, but just very slowly. And unfortunately, one of the hardest things for me to do is to sit. So laying feels great and standing and walking around feels fine, but sitting just immediately hurts my back. So that has made working a little bit tricky. I've figured out how to work laying down and, you know, have my laptop on my lap. That all works great. And I just gave myself a few more weeks off before getting going with the podcast again. So Hopefully, I am laying down as I record this, and that's great, and hopefully, I'll be able to get back to my normal schedule, even if my back doesn't quite cooperate the way I was hoping that it would. So today, we're talking about resentment, you guys. I know this is a topic that I'm sure you're all just dying to sink your teeth into, but if you're a human like me, resentment is an emotion that you struggle with. It's an indulgent emotion that does not feel good and does not serve us, and yet comes up oh so frequently. I don't know uh, how you guys feel, but this is one that I do struggle with pretty regularly. And the two, I would say the two indulgent emotions that I work on the most are resentment and annoyance. And there's other ones, of course, but I I see those themes a lot in my coaching, my self coaching, and then the coaching that I do with my life coach. And that's another cool thing about mind management over time and doing that self coaching is you start to notice your themes. And when you find those themes, you want to really dig into them so that you can have such a better understanding and awareness of why and where these things come from, just so that you have a a better handle on it as you work to decrease those things in your life. And not because you should, but just because you want to. So like I totally give myself permission to feel annoyed, but I also want to feel less annoyed. I don't love how it feels and I don't love who I am when I'm annoyed and I don't love what it creates for me, but it's okay that I do it. And simultaneously, I'm working on doing it less. And it's the same with resentment. So we're first just going to talk a little bit about what it is. And then we'll get into some specific examples and how to uh, understand it more and decrease it in your life. So what's one thing that's really good to know about resentment is that it can feel like a little bit elusive or complicated, but it's actually really simple to understand and then solve when you just understand where it comes from. So the root of resentment for me and for my clients that I've worked with in this area is typically what? when we are expecting other people to meet our needs. And we've talked about this on the podcast before when it comes to emotional adulthood and also when, when we talk about having a manual. And those two concepts go right hand in hand with this, but they are a little bit more focused on expecting other people to behave differently so that we can feel better. And that goes right along with this in that we have needs, we have way, things that we want and ways we want to feel, and we think it comes from other people. And so then when those people don't do the things we need in order for us to feel that way, we resent them because we think that it's their fault and their responsibility that we don't feel the way we want to feel. Now, you wouldn't always describe it that way when you're describing a situation where you're feeling resentment, but that's where we're going to get into the example so I can show you exactly what I mean. And like I said, understanding it is exactly how we solve for this. And I usually like to say, you know, decrease it in our lives. We don't necessarily need to solve it so that we never feel resentment again. But for me, the solution is to understand it and control it so that when I'm feeling it, I know I'm just indulging in it and that I'm the creator of it. But that whenever I'm up for managing my mind, I can be in control of that and do what it takes to decrease it. That is solving it for me when I say that. So solving it looks like learning how to meet your own needs. That's a very simple way to put it, but basically whatever you want, it's your job to create. Whatever you want in your life or whatever you want to feel, no, whatever you want to experience, it's on you to create it for yourself. And this is how we take back our lives. Okay, we're wired to never stop trying to get what we want. But what's tricky is in some of the most important relationships in our lives we tend to hand over the responsibility of the feelings that we want to feel most to these other people, these people that we love and care about and that we're like intimately connected with and that we're very, you know, involved with. And we've mistakenly believed that when we feel good, it's because of them. And when we feel bad, it's because of them. And that again, that's a little bit oversimplified, but I'll get into some specifics here. So some of the feelings that come up when I'm working with my clients Is that my clients tend to hand over the responsibility of feeling understood, secure, loved, heard, respected, supported, desired, valuable, lovable, important, appreciated, connected, validated. All of these really incredible feelings to feel, we tend to hand the responsibility of those feelings, of feeling those feelings, over to our spouse, or our mom, or our best friend, or our sister, or our children, right? And that what that means is, let's just take one specifically here. So let's say feeling heard. This is one that I have coached on quite a bit. I've actually done some couples coaching, which was super fun, I really loved it. And this one came up because it's very, to separate this out in our brain, feels complicated at first, but I love to just simplify it like this. So we think to ourselves, the only way I can feel heard is if my spouse listens and hears me and understands me and responds, even if he doesn't agree or doesn't do the thing I'm asking, I can't feel heard until they hear me. So that puts us in a very precarious situation because feeling heard is a really important emotion to us. And it's also uh, an important piece of feeling, you know, connected and valued and loved in our relationship. And when we feel <clears throat> and when we feel unheard, It really um, affects our relationship in, in some of those opposite ways, like feeling disconnected and unappreciated and unloved, right? So we want to believe that we are heard. And the good news is that when you're feeling heard, you've created that feeling with your thoughts. And when you're feeling unheard in your relationship, you've created that feeling with your thoughts. So we think that it's our spouse that's making us feel unheard, or heard. And what we do is we look back in the past and say, well, this was a time when I really feel like they listened to me. And I felt so heard in that moment. That word is starting to sound weird to me, heard. (laughs) That's okay. You guys are with me, I know. So we think that they're definitely the ones that made us feel heard. So right now I'm feeling unheard. So that must be their their, uh, doing as well. But really what's happening is whatever our spouse is saying or doing is in the circumstance line. So they might do something, you know, in in that past example that you're looking at where you felt very heard by them, they might have, you know, looked at you when you were speaking. They might have said something like, I understand or I agree. They might have even acted upon what you said. Maybe you were making a request and they heard you and then they did it. And that all feels so good. But everything they're doing is in the circumstance line and then we think something like, It feels so good to be heard or to be listened to. And then we feel heard and then we take action from there and we get that result in our marriage. And then in a moment maybe where we're feeling unheard, our circumstance line might look a little different. Like our spouse wasn't making eye contact or they didn't agree with us. Or they didn't do what we asked. You know, we asked for something and they didn't respond or they didn't do it. And then we feel unheard. But really our thought is what creates feeling unheard. And our thought is something like they never listen. Or why can't they just understand? Or what does this mean about our relationship, right? So this is what it looks like to take back your life. You take whatever it is you're feeling or whatever it is you're wanting to be feeling and just own that you're the creator of it, always, every time. So resentment comes from when we're expecting someone else to give us a feeling that we want, and we don't get that feeling because they're not complying in the circumstance line, right? But here's the problem, we can't control other people, and we really want to feel that feeling. So go to this example that I'm sharing about feeling heard. If you want to feel heard, Even if in the circumstance sign your spouse is not making eye contact or not agreeing with you, you know, some of those things will choose to think and believe. I know he hears me. I know he understands. Even if, again, even if he doesn't comply or agree, right? He can still hear you. He can still understand. Maybe he just doesn't agree with me this time. Or maybe he just doesn't want to do that. So then we can still feel heard and they get to just be themselves and we're not making this creepy attempt of, trying to control their behavior and have possibly unrealistic expectations in order to feel heard, which is the way we want to feel. So the first step in all of this is realizing that and taking back your life in that way and realizing whatever it is I'm feeling or wanting to be feeling, I created it. And then there's another very awesome step to take here in that typically both spouses are doing this dance with each other. So I have handed my responsibility of my feelings over to my husband and he's handed his responsibility of his feelings over to me. I mean, not necessarily completely, but maybe several key feelings. And so after you have started working on what you're going to do to take back your own responsibility of your feelings, the next thing you're going to do is learn how to give the responsibility of your spouse's feelings back to them. This is a tricky new step in the dance. So I have a little analogy for this that I learned from Natalie Clay. She has a great podcast on with couples coaching and she has uh, what she calls a dirty laundry analogy. So basically when someone expects you to make them feel better, um, it's like they're handing you a big pile of their dirty laundry. Okay. And what they're used to you doing is attempting to make them feel better by cleaning their laundry, right? Doing their laundry for them. And It's not a big deal to do the laundry for them. It doesn't, you know, hurt anything, but you never do it quite right. And then they're letting you have that responsibility for their feelings. So basically, if you do exactly what they need you to do, which is the laundry, then they get to feel better. And then that dance continues. That pattern gets strengthened of when I feel this way, I take it to my spouse. I give them the responsibility for it. They do a certain something, you know, that makes me feel better. And then I get to feel better right? That pattern just gets strengthened. So what you have to practice doing is just lovingly handing the laundry back to them. So they might come to you and start complaining about something with the kids or something with their job or something that you're doing, right? Because they're feeling unappreciated, unloved, unimportant, or misunderstood, and then they want you to fix it. okay? And they don't even realize they're doing this. We didn't realize that they were doing it or we were doing it. This is why we slow it all down and we start to think of it in these terms and with analogies so that we can just start to visualize what's actually happening because we're so used to our patterns that they feel very normal to us. And a lot of the times they work and that's why we keep doing them. Because a lot of the times we can comply with their whatever their, our spouse's or whoever's request is and do something that allows them to change their thought and then they feel better. So we might seek to help them feel more validated. So we'll spend lots of time, you know, reassuring them and complimenting them and stroking their ego or whatever. And then now they can, it helps them change their thought and then they get to feel better. What is really beautiful is when they learn to create that feeling for themselves. And then what we do, because we're still their spouse, we still want to hear them when their day has been bad and love them and compliment them. But it's from a place of We've talked about this before with the cupcake concept, but it's basically whatever we have to offer them is only ever frosting. And when we're in this dance of giving the responsibility of our feelings over to other people, we're using their frosting to make our cupcakes. And that's why they don't sustain, they don't last. And then we need more frosting and more frosting and more frosting rather than if we're working on our own cupcake And then our spouse is still able to give us some delicious frosting that we just put on top. And it all holds together so much better when the source of feeling validated we know comes from us. And when the source of feeling appreciated or heard or understood all comes where we create the foundation of feeling that way. And then our spouse can give us that delicious frosting on top. So back to the laundry analogy, we lovingly hand it back to them. So when they present us with the thing that they're feeling that they don't want to be feeling anymore, and they want us to help create that new feeling for them, we just say, I'm sorry that's happening to you. Tell me more. So we give them a little bit of, you know, kind of commiseration and understanding, just a little bit of like acknowledgement. And we can just continue to be there to listen and ask questions and let them just talk as long as they want to while knowing that we're not going to fix it for them. And they truly, they don't want us to. They don't know that, but they really don't. And we, it's just so awesome to really lean into this. Like I I can't and won't be able to fix this for them. So I'm just going to listen and love them. And I think it can be very beneficial to ask questions that just brings it back to them. This is that act of almost handing the laundry back to say like, what do you want to do about this? What do you think is going to happen next? has this ever happened to you before? What's been effective in the past to help you feel this way? So you just kind of keep asking them questions that brings it back to almost, what are you going to do about this? You don't need to say it quite like that. They probably won't hear that question very well. You want to ask, you know, a little bit more gentle, loving questions that just really helps them. You're just handing that laundry back to them as they come up with a solution. They're the best ones to solve it. They know the solution. They know how to do their laundry exactly the way they want it to be done. Okay, so I know we haven't actually talked about resentment that much yet, but I want to really help you understand like the root of where resentment comes from. I want to help you understand why we do this, why it makes so much sense that we do this, and yet it's completely ineffective. And then you'll see how this turns into resentment. So there's this really funny, I think it was an Instagram post that Will Smith shared. And this was a few years ago, but I bet if you went on YouTube or Googled it or whatever, I bet you could find it. And he just says something like, One day I just sat Jada down, that's his wife, and said, like, I'm done trying to make you happy. (laughs) I've been trying. It's not working. Why don't you try to make you happy? And let's just see if it's even possible. And it's just this really funny, frank conversation that he has with his wife about we've been doing this dance and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, where I work really hard to try to make you happy. And sometimes you give yourself permission to change your thought and be happy, and a lot of times you don't, and then I feel really frustrated because I feel like I'm failing in our marriage of making you happy, and so he says, I'm done. I'm gonna stop doing that. Let's just do an experiment here where you try to make you happy, and we'll just see if it's even possible. I think that's so funny because we work so hard at this dance, and it can be incredibly frustrating because once you understand that feeling a certain way always comes from whatever you're thinking and your th- your spouse feeling a certain way or your you know your best friend or your child, them feeling a certain way always comes from what they're thinking. Then what we're trying to do is change the way they're thinking, which takes a lot of hard work. Sometimes we're able to change our thoughts easily and then we can feel the new way. And then we think, oh, I want more of that. When they did that thing, I felt better. But what we're skipping over is that that part that thought line part and that's where we really take that ownership back so the goal of all of this is to put your focus on making yourself happy and not in a self-centered way or a or a selfish way but in a in this cupcake way you know that we talk about go listen to the cupcake concept episode if you haven't yet i think it's like 64 i want to say episode 64 you do the work and you put the focus on your cupcakes, your foundation, the things you want to feel, you create it. And then what's so cool about that is that when you're responsible for your own feelings and your own needs, meeting those needs for yourself is actually going to bring you closer in a marriage. Sometimes when you hear someone say something like focus on making yourself happy, we think that's actually going to bring us apart in in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or, or something else. But what you do when you make yourself happy, when you meet your own needs and you stop handing that responsibility out to other people, is that you bring your whole self to that relationship. You bring this authentic whole version of yourself that's like a full cupcake, right? Going back to the cupcake, instead of something that's crumbled and saying and having this kind of like codependent, needy relationship where I can only feel a certain way if you behave a certain way. So make sure you behave that way. When both of you bring your whole selves together to the relationship rather than the misconception of needing to complete each other, you're going to create something greater than you can create on your own. It's not a half plus a half equals a whole. It's a whole plus a whole equals two, right? Like equals two wholes. It's greater than a half plus a half. And what's another piece of this that's so exciting is that you start to clean up and clear up in your mind why you're doing the things that your partner's asking you to do. Again, you remind yourself it's just frosting and you do what your partner asks you to do because that's the kind of spouse you want to be. When you change it away from because this is what will make them happy, because I have to do this so they'll be happy, because you know, they've asked me to do this. And if I don't, they'll be mad, right? Those reasons just do not sit right with us. And they also bring out just kind of a weird, inauthentic, like motivation. But when we just say like, oh, the wife I want to be shows up in this certain way, behaves this way, helps out in this way, just because that's who I want to be. I just want to do it. They've asked for it and I'm willing to do it and I want to do it and I'm not doing it so they'll be happy. I'm doing it because it's the wife I want to be. One more thought I want to share right here before we shift to some specific examples where resentment comes in is it's important to understand this, whether your spouse or whatever relationship you're in, whether they're understanding it or not, because then you can understand the dance that is happening, right? I've I've called it a dance and think of these steps that we take in a dance, right? So if the other person in your relationship is used to you doing certain steps and now you're changing those steps up, right? You're saying like, I don't, give you my dirty laundry anymore and when you hand me your dirty laundry I am doing what I can to just hand it right back because I'm taking my life back I'm responsible for my needs and my emotions and you're used to handing your dirty laundry to me at least at times and I'm working on handing it right back when you do that with tons of love and support and understanding so the what can be tricky about this is the other person in the in whatever relationship it is that you're working on it's going to throw them for a little while. They're not even going to understand exactly what's going on because they're not going to be looking at it in the terms that you are right now. But it's helpful to just understand what they're, probably thinking and feeling as they go through this change in in dance steps and it's even if they don't change their steps they keep trying to hand you their dirty laundry that's totally fine because that's just part of your new dance they can keep doing it the old way and you can do it the new way and you'll find a new way to bring that together and hopefully as you hand that laundry back they'll learn what that feels like to to solve that for themselves and to see how much better that feels but just it just really helps you understand that when you're spouse or child is feeling unhappy and they currently believe that you are the one that makes them feel happy or better or you know solves that for them then when they're unhappy that is also in their mind even on a subconscious level that's also you're doing and it isn't you're doing but that's what it feels like to them. If you're in charge of their happiness, then you're also in charge of their unhappiness. And that, that, that's not going to feel very fair to you, but it's really helpful to understand it and give them a little space to live in a world where that's true for them. Okay, let's now bring all of this around to resentment. So resentment is what occurs when you're living in this world and doing this dance where other people are responsible for your feelings. And the, this model occurs when they don't do the thing. When whatever's happening in your circumstance line is not in line with what you're wanting from this person. So I'm going to give you uh, a couple of examples. I'm going to start with an example from my husband's most recent deployment in 2018. And when he left, we had six kids and our two youngest were about two years old and six months old. So I felt like I had, you know, two babies and then I had four kids that were maybe ages uh, like seven to 12. Okay. And so the kids would go to school all day and I would be home with the babies and some days that felt fine and, and I was up for it and some days were really hard on me. It it all seemed like too much. I would be stressed and overwhelmed and just taking care of two babies by myself would feel like too much and so I remember this really specific moment. This is when I started to identify this pattern I had with resentment and so there was this one afternoon When I was just like trying to get the babies down for a nap so that either I could get something done or take a nap myself. And I think I had just changed one of their diapers. They were both in diapers. And I was changing the other diaper. And then the one I had just changed their diaper, I don't know, like pooped or something. So I had to change it again. And so I'm changing the baby, you know, the little baby's diaper for like the second time in 10 minutes And I just changed the toddler's diaper and the toddler is like climbing on me as I'm trying to wipe poop off of my baby's bum and... I was already just so grumpy and so tired and so overwhelmed. And the resentment was just, I'm just swimming in resentment. And here's why. No matter how irrational it was, I found myself thinking I shouldn't have to do this alone. And that's a really interesting thought for my brain to offer me and for me to just be totally indulging and swimming in. I'm I'm changing a diaper. I've got a, a baby's diaper. I've got a toddler climbing on my back and I'm feeling bad for myself that my husband's gone for a year and I have to solo parent for a year and I have to do every diaper change for these babies when it should be two people doing the diaper changes, right? You decide to have a baby with another person so that there's two parents. And it didn't matter that rationally, my husband's on the other side of the world. He literally cannot help me change a diaper in this moment. It didn't matter that I am supportive of his military career. I'm understanding that that involves deployments. I'm supportive of his mission, and what he's doing, and and what, you know, all of that. In that moment, when I was totally low and overwhelmed, I just was swimming in these really simplified thoughts of, I shouldn't have to do this alone. And for me, that thought brings up the strongest waves of resentment, of he is not here helping me change diapers, and I am feeling resentful. Now, in that moment, as I recognized that thought, I definitely felt tempted to judge it a little bit for a lot of reasons. I felt bad that I was resenting my husband when he wasn't even there to help me, which is was part of my problem. He's not here and he should be. And this is how it will come up a lot during deployment is he's not here to help. And he should be, again, even if you understand why he is gone and for how long and and you agreed to it and everything, right? It's that there's too much on your shoulders. Like literally I had a weight on my shoulders right in that moment of my toddler climbing on me, right? And when you're solo parenting, you're doing your responsibilities and their responsibilities and it can feel like too much. And so your brain is trying to solve the weight of your responsibilities when they're deployed. And it offers you thoughts like, this is too much for one person. You shouldn't have to do this alone. You shouldn't have to change every diaper. So no matter how rationally you can understand that, no, actually I should be changing every diaper, I'm solo parenting right now. Thinking those thoughts is what brings up the resentment, at least for me. And then I irrationally resent my husband for not being more helpful and for not really just for not being there. And so this example was a really fascinating one for me to take a look at and and dig into over the over the next couple of weeks. It's really nice once once a thought comes to the surface cuz we don't always even know why we're feeling resentful. It can take a while for a thought to clear up and and like isolate itself in a sentence. We just know like this is so hard and I'm feeling resentful. But it's so powerful to get to the thought that is creating resentment for you and mine was I shouldn't have to do this alone. And once that once the thought totally cleared up and came to the surface, then I could just take a look at it and almost study it like a scientist what we talk about that and just be the observer of my thoughts and what they're creating for me. And I just started to realize like it's okay, it's okay that I'm feeling resentment. I, I understand why I'm feeling it it's because I'm thinking this. I understand that my husband wishes he could be here and wishes he could help me. And it's okay, I can still even feel resentful. Because even though I'm technically feeling resentment towards him, it's really not about him. It's just about me. It always is. It's my model, right? And he is deployed for a year and I can think whatever I want to about that. And right now I'm thinking I shouldn't have to do this alone. So once I got my mind wrapped around my unintentional model, which is the one that was creating resentment for me, then I was able to say, okay, I am ready to make a shift here so that I can spend less time feeling resentful. And over the coming weeks, as I would do my self-coaching and and work on this thought and this model, I was able to ask myself some powerful questions to realize, to help my, and really it's to help my lower brain realize, my higher brain understand what's happening, but my lower brain is like, yeah, that's right. We should not have to do this alone. And I'm able to work with my lower brain until it understands exactly why I'm doing this alone right now and why that's okay. Okay. And why, in fact, I'm the best one to be doing this alone right now. And then even one more layer, I'm actually not alone. I have friends and family and support. My other kids help at times. I had a nanny uh, for, you know, 15 hours a week. So I had lots and lots of help and support but my lower brain wasn't interested in that initially it just wanted to feel bad for myself and to really focus on the parts that i had to do alone and how it was all too much for one person so as i explored it and realized that truly i wasn't doing it alone and I explored it some more and realized like if my husband isn't going to be here and he is, and he's not that part is completely out of my control that's in the circumstance line and and I as of right now we can't change that circumstance if he's not going to be here then I want to be the one changing quote unquote every diaper Now, literally, I wasn't. Again, I was receiving help. But I truly didn't want somebody else to be changing every diaper just because my husband was gone. If there was going to be a person changing every diaper, I wanted it to be me. And This was really as I started to come into feeling really empowered in this situation instead of resentful. Because resentful was making me feel very powerless. And it's interesting to know, I, I learned this just actually maybe like a year ago. And I had never thought of it this way. But now it seems so clear and simple to me, but resentment is actually just another form of self-pity. And when you say it like that, it's just, it's fascinating to me because I was not looking at it that way. Resentment to me typically comes from anger. And so it actually initially gives me this sense of power, but it's actually a false sense of power anger can make you feel powerful in the moment and resentment can make you feel a little powerful in the moment but it's almost like a hot flash and then there's like nothing there so the power it feels powerful like right in the second and then you're almost left with like less like with nothing or less than you had before so once i realized that resentment was actually just another form of self-pity took that mask off of it that mask of powerfulness that false power and i realized like self-pity makes me feel powerless and really gives me gives me nothing and so that, that helped me as well in my, in my journey of decreasing resent, feeling resentful in my life. So I came up with an intentional model that I use even still to this day. Whenever I catch myself thinking like I shouldn't have to do this or I wish someone else would just take care of this for me or, you know, just kind of any of, any poor me kind of thoughts, but specifically in regards to like my responsibilities my tasks, my jobs as either like a mother or a wife or a, you know someone who runs a home or runs a business, like those kinds of tasks that come from my roles and responsibilities I'll catch myself thinking like, "This is too hard, I shouldn't have to do this, okay at different times and for different reasons. And my favorite intentional model that I just gently and lovingly guide my thoughts to is actually. I'm the best one. I'm the best one to be doing this. Like who better than me to do this task, to be in charge of this, to be the one that completes this and gets it done. So the, so in the moment, like I, I have those developed sentences I say like that I just said to you, but in the moment, I really like to have very short, concise, not even like full sentences that I can just say right in the moment to, to um, help my brain make that switch. So the two that I alternate between is, thank goodness there's me, and who better than me, kind of depending on what the situation calls for. If I start to say like, oh, this is too much, then I'll say, you know what, who better than me? Thank goodness there's me. And then I simultaneously feel empowered, like we said, and I also feel really appreciated and validated and seen and understood. I'm like, I'm like, with those sentences right there, just those two very short, powerful sentences, I create so many amazing and powerful and strong feelings that really serve me. I'm able to feel capable and purposeful, validated, seen, appreciated, valued. Like there's just so much good that comes from that when I spend time like cheering myself on, saying like, this is my job and I'm so glad to do it. Truly, when I slow it down, I want to do it. Even if in that quick moment of feeling bad for myself, I'm thinking, I wish I didn't have to do this, I don't want to have to do this. When I think of the alternative of it no longer being my responsibility, of not being able to do it, I realized, no, actually, I want to do this. I created this task for myself, this responsibility for myself, and it's exactly what I want to be doing. And I love feeling that way. So that was a really powerful example for me. Another one that has come up more recently, as I've been shifting from full-time stay-at-home mom to running my coaching business and spending more time doing that, I have caught myself feeling resentful towards my husband and my children. When they don't bend over backwards to make my new schedule and my new responsibilities like easier for me, so this is me again, just handing that responsibility for what it is that I'm trying to create over to other people. So I'm I'm gonna set this up for you just a little bit more. So I think one of my superpowers is uh, helping people accomplish the thing, whatever it is that they're wanting to accomplish in their lives, and I I play this out mostly with my husband and my kids. So I love identifying things that they're working on and finding ways I can support them. And they love it too. It it goes great. I love doing it. They love receiving that help from me and that support from me. And I love just going back to what we talked about at the beginning, cleaning all that up to remind myself that I do that support and help and love towards them to help them accomplish their dreams and their goals and their plans because it's the wife and mother I want to be. And it's not because then they're also responsible for doing that for me. And it's not because... I do it so they'll do it back and it's not because I do it because I have to or because I should or because that's what good moms do or good wives do. It's just simply because I enjoy doing it and it's what I want to do. It's who I want to be. I love it. So when I'm indulging in resentment, it would look like this. So one day I was... Having a meeting, and I think it was either on a weekend or just maybe it was during a a holiday break. I I, my kids weren't at school, so all my kids were home, and I let them know, like, okay, you guys, I have a meeting today, so I'll be in my office for a couple of hours, getting a little bit of work done and doing my meeting, and you guys need to just, you know, entertain yourselves and play and you get your chores done, whatever. And my two littlest kids, who are you know aren't babies anymore, they're four and five years old. They came and interrupted my meeting multiple times and they would come in my office and ask me questions and come in and just want to give me a hug or show me their toys or you know ask for a snack and I kept just like muting myself in the zoom meeting and saying you know go ask your sisters go ask your brother I can't help you with that right now I'm busy I'm in a meeting you know like I kept shooing them out and telling them I can't help you and my anger and resentment was just growing and growing Specifically, I was thinking things like, why aren't they keeping the little girls out of here? Why aren't they taking care of the little girls? Because they know I'm in a meeting. They know what I'm doing is important. They know I'm unavailable. And then it went to a little bit more broad type of like anger and resentful thoughts of like, why isn't my work important to them? Why don't they help me with what I'm trying to accomplish? Just like I help them with what they're trying to accomplish. I, I do what I can to make what they're trying to do easier for them, more successful, more easily achieved. Why aren't they trying to do that for me? And I just started to get very angry and very resentful so that when I came out of my meeting, I went out to talk to my kids and say like, guys, the little girls came in and interrupted my meeting like four different times. You know, why, why aren't you keeping them out of here? Why aren't you taking care of this? And they were all just busy doing their own thing and hadn't realized that the little girls had come in. They thought that the two littles were busy doing something or were occupied and and they didn't realize that they had kind of dropped the ball and and let them come interrupt my meeting. And I was frustrated, like I said, and, and was in that resentment place and just kind of snapped at my kids a little bit and then just went back in my office and just started feeling really bad for myself. Just started thinking like, I work so hard to make what is important to other people important to me. I work so hard to support and help other people in what they do to make it more possible more likely to happen I I love doing that why aren't they doing that for me why isn't what I do important to them and it wasn't right in that moment but it was just a little bit later I was able to slow it all down and realize some of those things that I mentioned just at the beginning of this example to say it's that's never why we do what we do we don't do the things that are important to us so that they'll do it back right that's our lower brain offering that to us our lower brain wants to say well you do this they should do it back they should do it too uh, I, when I, when I'm onto myself, when I'm thinking this way, I tend to think my lower brain is offering me a thought like, that's such a double standard. I do it. Why don't they do it? That's such a double standard. And then I realize like double standard is just um, like a mental construct. We've just made up this concept for if it's true over here, it should be true over here. But that's, that's not necessarily the case. And if those thoughts are making you feel terrible, then it's probably not serving you to believe that that double standard exists there. Where really we want to take that responsibility back to ourselves and create the scenario we want to create, right? So I was wanting to have feel you know supported and appreciated, and the the thought that I really boiled down to in my unintentional model that was creating the resentment for me was, why aren't they making this easier for me like I do for them basically, and the sweet intentional model that I was able to come around to was. It's not their job to make it easy for me. It's my job to make it easy for me. And then I ask myself, okay, so I believe that and that's true, but why is that even like good news? It's not just like something I have to begrudgingly accept. It's good news, okay? And here's why. I'm an expert at making things easy for people, in including myself. And then I realized there's no one more better equipped to make what I'm trying to do more successful and easier for me to accomplish than me. And all it takes is doing what I do for other people, but doing it for myself. It's, it's so, it's so awesome. So I remind myself when I'm thinking other people should be doing things so that I can be feeling a certain way, particularly when it comes to my work, I think, oh no, wait, that's my job. And what, and what's cool about that is it doesn't mean that I'm just in charge of, of creating everything and I don't need to ask for any support. What it means is I need to ask for specific support. I need to, like in that example where my little girls came in and interrupted my meeting, I didn't assign any one kid to be in charge of them. And I didn't assign you know, any one kid like, a specific task that I wanted them to do for a specific time. I didn't even tell them when my meeting was. I just said that morning, like, I have a meeting, so I won't be available. And I expected them, I had this unrealistic expectation, that they would take that information and think to themselves, mom's job is so important to me and I want to help her have a successful meeting today. So I'm going to make sure to be in charge of the little girls so they don't interrupt her meeting. So the way that I make it easy for me, once I remember I'm the one to make it easy for me, I'm the one to to keep the responsibility of supporting myself and validating what it is I'm trying to do, is to set myself up for success by asking for the support I need very specifically and very realistically, and in creating that environment for myself. And to instead, instead of what I was trying to do, which was what I do for them is I look for ways I can help. So they should be looking for ways they can help me, right? That's not how that works. That's not necessarily their superpower, especially because they're kids, right? They don't know how to do that as well as me, who it's my superpower, and also I'm an adult. Anyway, those are just two very powerful examples for me of understanding exactly why resentment was coming on so strong in those areas. Also, why that's totally okay, except that I just really don't enjoy feeling resentment or the actions and results that come from when I feel resentful. And so I'm ready to take the responsibility back for my life, for my needs, for my wants, for what I'm wanting to feel, create it for myself, and then enjoy the frosting that my family my husband my friends my siblings my parents that they have to offer me because that's the really beautiful thing in a relationship okay that is what i have for you guys today are you ready to take what you are learning here to the next level then join me for resiliency training this is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.